Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 430 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, and the losing streak reaches six games. The COVID list reaches nine players, and the Senators are in some serious trouble. We'll recap last night's 2-0 shutout loss that saw a streak of 77 straight games without being shut out, come to an end. However, was the performance better than we've seen during this skid? I'll ask Pillsy about that. Plus, we'll preview a weekend pair of games that includes Sidney Crosby coming to town and Matthew Kachuk. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. is Friday, November 12th. We want to wish a happy 21st birthday to Shane Pinto, who could be back this weekend, Pilsy, but he was one of 13 regulars out of last night's lineup. Yeah, I mean, talk about playing shorthanded. I think we've made jokes about the Senators having to call up defensemen, Belleville having to call up defensemen, but this might be the worst it's ever gotten. And uh, COVID definitely plays a part in this. Like you mentioned off the top, nine players for the Ottawa Senators in COVID protocol. And this is a team, even with those nine players not in COVID protocol, it has been struggling. Like even with a full roster, they were having tough times and not being able to get too many wins together. And now you put these challenges up against them and you got to feel for DJ Smith. I mean, he's doing everything he can. And real, really, you got to look at last night's game. And it's a loser talk to sound like this, but the Ottawa Senators haven't won many games. And we got to just focus on the process, not the results here. Because as DJ Smith said, too, it's not fair to mention to these guys, hey, we're on a six-game losing streak. Because it's no one's fault, really. Like, they've been playing well. When you have all these guys out of your lineup and uh, guys being called up quickly from Belleville that are playing in their first NHL game and got 22 minutes, speaking of Lassie Thompson, then you, you just got to take it as it comes. And I thought even though it's a 2-0 game and unfortunately that shutout streak is ended, this was overall a good effort from the Ottawa Senators. The 77 games were the longest active yeah. shutout list streak in the National Hockey League, but you're right. With such a shorthanded lineup, it was incredible that they kept it as close as they did. It was, uh, you know, a one-goal game going into the third period. And even still, you look at the situation that Ottawa found themselves in. It's one that's happened now in three straight games. And this time, it happened twice where the Senators hit the crossbar with one goal down in the third period. And last night, it was a double dip of that first it was chris tierney which looked from the initial camera angle like it was in yeah and then the second one timmy on the power play and i had called that stutzler was going to score on the power play he came that close and now that stick no longer exists yeah and i mean it's a good thing mike johnson wasn't in between the benches or else he might not exist either because timmy put a lot of oomph into 
busting that stick and it went flying into the in between the benches spot there. So luckily for Mike Johnson, he wasn't there. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's tough with Timmy. Like, sure, but that was really his only chance all night, though. We're we're saying that he's getting a lot of chances, but he had no shots on goal and and then hit the post once. So like. He should be frustrated. Like he he needs to get going here, especially with all these guys out. You, you got to get one goal some way somehow, and that's the struggle too. And uh, Ross Nick Paul also had a nice opportunity where he hit the post as well. So yeah, close but no cigar. It's it's not happening for the Sens here. And you mentioned it like that Kopitar goal was a fluke shot where he kind of he kind of muffs on his uh, wind up and his and his execution, and then ends up hitting Uncle Deli and goes in, and then. The second goal, that's a tired unit out there. Nick Paul, Thomas Shabbat, those guys have been out there for quite a while. I think Shabbat was at a two-minute shift, which for him, ho-hum, is an average shift. But still, that's at the end of the game when he's playing over 30 minutes a night. And he's tired. And that's a deflection from a Thanasiu from a point shot from Edler. So it's not like the Kings clowned the Sens and got highlight real goals here either. And you can't blame Gus for either of those goals. So really, this is a game where... Sure, you can't chalk it up as a win, but I wouldn't necessarily say this is a loss that we need to be concerned about. Pilsy, I want to state the obvious here. You're never going to win a game when you don't score any goals. Mm, How about that? Yeah, Yeah, I I really had to go deep into my bag of tricks for that one. But let's focus in on Philip Gustafson right now because, again, another loss and another game where he's got a 930 save percentage. Like This guy must be wondering how he could buy a win. Yeah, well, Philly's got to start scoring goals here. I think that's what we need to look Soccer. at. Like, why hasn't Philip Gustafson scored any goals yet for his team? Come on. Yeah, no question. He had such an inexperienced decor in front of him. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned already, but Nikita Zaitsev was the latest Ottawa Senator. Yeah. It's now five days in a row where there's been at least one new Ottawa Senators player added to the COVID protocol list. So now you're looking at a situation where half of the decor that started the year with you is out. Now, how do they replace him? It was Dylan Hetherington at first, and then Lassie Thompson, another rookie lap last night, which was great to see Lassie get his opportunity after playing the night before in Laval for Belleville. He comes in and gives Ottawa the most ice time that they've ever had a rookie defenseman play in a single game. The previous record was David Runblad in October wow. of 2011. David Runblad played 20 minutes and 59 seconds. Legend. Well, Thompson beat him by almost a full minute and a half. 22-29 in his NHL debut. How did you think Lassie looked? Well, first off, we've got to mention the reason Lassie played that much was because Artem Zub uh, left right. with in the first period only playing five minutes with an injury. It looked like that was an awkward way for him to fall after kind of a a regular hit. Like I didn't, the, it wasn't a dirty play or anything. It was just the way he fell was kind of awkward. And that's not good. It looked like he tweaked something. Maybe uh, it, uh, DJ Smith said an upper body injury. So we'll see what the severity of that is. That's a big loss for this team, but let's stick with the positive. I mean, Lassie Thompson, this is a guy that DJ Smith has liked, even though this is his first NHL game. And Ian Mendez's article about the game last night, he referenced Last year when DJ was watching Belleville games, when there was a couple extra games of the season, he mentioned Detroit, man, I like Lassie Thompson's game a lot. And he echoed those statements again in Lassie Thompson's NHL debut. And TSN did a little highlight clip of uh, defensive plays, kind of back to back to back that Thompson did. And 
man, for a guy who was, when he was playing in Kelowna, was scoring goals left, right, and center, the Tom Bomb, we really viewed him as an offensive defenseman. He's kind of changed his role, and he's become a very good defender. Like, his stick play was really good last night, not letting guys like Deneau get too many chances. Um, he really looked for someone that, this is his NHL debut, he seemed calm out there, and for someone who is just coming back from an injury and was playing in Belleville last night and was told during the game, hey, you're going up to Ottawa after this. <laughs> he did very, very well. And this is what we need because Brandstrom, he's he's working on making his way and we can get to Brandstrom after. But Thompson, this is a first-round pick that a lot of guys, when he was healthy, scratched uh, over in Finland and uh, things weren't looking too positive. A lot of people kind of wrote him off. And I think he's done a good job of fighting back and getting through adversity and showing that he still is on the right path to being a good defenseman. Yeah, I'm looking up where we had him ranked on our organizational value rankings. We had him all the way down at 23, Pilsy. Mm. Like that, that's probably yeah. a little low looking back at the way he started the year. We had him two spots under Victor Mete, for crying out loud. So I think that uh, we'd probably want a, a mulligan on that one. But all, all the same, when you look at him and, and Branson, Branson was the third most experienced defenseman on the Senators last night. Like, That's so crazy. Let that sink in. It was Del Zotto's played 715 games. These are all regular season games. Shabbat, 266. Brandstrom, 64. Hetherington, 11. And those and, are from 2018. Like, this was his first game, NHL game since 2018. Yeah, and zero, of course, for Lassie. And, and of course, the reason why all that is because, you mentioned, Zub had to leave early on in the game. So we won't find out today what the latest is on Artem Zub because for the, well, it's been a full week since they've had a practice. It was last Friday. So there's no practice today. Canceled precautionary reasons once again. And we'll see if the list continues to grow. Hopefully not because the Senators, again, have two games this weekend. If anything, you'd hope maybe Austin Watson's on the verge of returning. I don't know how it's been, what, six days? So you got to think at least two or three more days after that. So maybe you got to roll this lineup back through the weekend, the Top Guns did what they could, I thought, at least offensively trying to put pucks on net. We'll get to that and then start looking ahead to our next matchup. And there's two of them back-to-back at the Canadian Tire Center this weekend. The Pittsburgh Penguins are in town Saturday and the Calgary Flames on Sunday. We'll get to all that in just a moment. But first, a word from one of our favorite sponsors of Locked On Senators. It's Bilt Bar. Of course it is. Bilt Bar is the protein bar. That tastes just like a candy bar comes in 16. Yes, 16 amazing flavors. Eight are nut-free. Eight have nuts if you prefer that. But all Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious guy or girl because you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious Built Bar. The bars are low in calorie and low in sugar, but they're high in protein and high in fiber, a nutritional grand slam to kick off your day. Great for breakfast. Built Bars are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Promo code LOCKEDON. Sorry, promo code LOCKED15. How about that? You're going to get 15% off your order. Pulling it up right now on YouTube. BuiltBar.com. LOCKED15. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, Pilsy. So we got into some things around the game, but to get in a little deeper, 
Of course, where else to start but Eric Brandstrom, the polarizing figure that is. I thought he looked great in only 40 seconds of power play time, snapping it around a little bit. What was your analysis of Brandstrom's game? I thought he looked better in this game than he did in the previous one, that's for sure. Um, he didn't have as many close calls where it looked like he was going to get absolutely rocked by a big hit, so that's an improvement. And yeah, I thought his uh, movement with the puck was better, and this is the thing too, like you got to remember he's been in the AHL all season. So for him to step up to the AHL, it's going to take a little bit or to the NHL, sorry, it's going to take a little bit of an adjustment period to get used to that. So, you know, we'll give him a little bit of a break there. And I think now he's getting his opportunity and he's got to take advantage of it. And I think DJ Smith, it's not only giving him the opportunity, he doesn't have a choice. So it's there for him. And I like this too, Ross, because this changes the dynamic. Like last year we had this struggle where the fans are like, what is DJ Smith doing just putting these veteran defensemen in there or these veteran players and they're just, they're not good. Like this straight up, the eye test, the analytics, like these players are struggling, but they're veteran guys with contracts and the team feels like the young guys need to earn these spots. Well, they're not granted that uh, that luxury anymore. Like now these guys are out for considerable time on the COVID protocol list and Guys like Hetherington, Branstrom, and Thompson are going to get their opportunities. And if you ask me, small sample size, sure. But this team has looked better defensively without those veterans than it has with them. So now you got a situation where the Senators are being forced to see what these kids have. And if these kids outplay the veterans, how can they possibly go back and plug these guys back in the lineup and send Branstrom back down? I don't see how they can do it if this continues on this trend. So I think that's a big win for the team. Like I said, we got to start looking at the process here, not the results. And the process is we had we have two young defensemen, guys who are under 25 years old, that are playing well in their roles so far. So hopefully we can continue to see that because I would love to see Lassie Thompson take a big step here and really show DJ Smith that, hey, you should keep believing in me. And Eric Branstrom for the same reason because – the time is ticking on Eric Branstrom. Like next year, he's not waiver exempt. So either you got to decide he's a full-time NHL player or you got to decide it's not going to work around. out here. It's not going to work out here, right? So you got to trade him. So they need to figure this out. And this is a time to do that because there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of pressure, not a lot of expectations for this team to win considering the situation they're in. Thomas Shabbat, meanwhile, played 31 minutes and 53 seconds. Huge. Not quite matching his monster ice time. You know that Thomas Shabbat's played the most ice time in a single game since the start of the 2014 season. He played 37 and a half minutes last, or two years ago rather, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Unbelievable stamina for Thomas Shabbat. He had five shots on goal. And get this, Pilsy. Shabbat, Norris, Kachuk, and Batherson. So four players had more than half of the Senators' shots on goal in this game. The Senators had 34 shots total, and 18 of them were from those four, and 16 were everyone else combined. And that includes three from Ennis and three from Chris Tierney. So it was pretty uh, cut and dry who's getting offensive production and who wasn't in last night's game. Yeah, but I'm okay with that, Ross. If anything, I'm actually happy with that because that shows that the top guys are like, well, the depth is looking pretty thin here. We got to step things up. And that's what they did because you can't expect guys like uh, like Igor, like uh, Sokolov, like all these guys. You can't expect them to kind of easily – or did I say Igor and Sokolov? Yeah. Sabrin and Igor Sokolov well, is what I meant Sab to say. 
Sabrin's a whole different story. I mean, he took that nutmeg penalty at the end of the uh, first nutmeg period. Nutmeg penalty? Well, he, he <laughs> nutcracker, like I should say. No, <laughs> he, you know, he went right between the, the legs. The old there. nutmeg. On uh, on uh, D- Dustin Brown. I almost said Dean Brown. On Dustin Brown. Um, but then he only played four minutes and 18 yeah. seconds in the game. When you're this shorthanded, like, don't you at least need six, seven minutes from your fourth line? And wasn't Agazino there? Like, why didn't they plug Agazino in instead? Especially very he's been, good call. He, other than uh, the great Jake Lucini, he's been the best player in Belleville. So I would have thought he would have looked nice in that fourth line. And let's let's get back into the game dynamics a little bit here, Ross. Speaking of that, that fourth line, I love Parker Kelly. Parker Kelly, great guy, sh- the shift disturber. Right? He's um, he's always got a lot of energy out there. But my God, when you're talking about the Sens needing a lucky bounce, Edler busting his skate blade there, and then a three-on-one, and Logan Shaw played that perfectly. He faked the shot so well and then slides through the shot and ends up passing it over to Parker Kelly, who's wide open, and he just misses the net completely. Like, there's, there's not a lot of excuses there, especially I think at that point it was a 0-0 game, wasn't it? Or at the very worst, it was one nothing. So at that, like that's a game-changing spot there. And yeah. especially when Jonathan Quick was playing the way he has been, you got to pot those in the net there, Parker. Like that's, uh, that's tough. Yeah, it's not going to be put on a tee any easier than that. Hey, advanced stats guys, guess who had the best Corsi percentage among all Senators forwards? It's Igor and Sokolov. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so that's great to see Igor. Um, and again, a noticeable game for him. His second NHL game. Hopefully we can get him a little better of a number than, than 75, but he still looks good out there. He's moving around. And there were a couple times, especially one back check, where you could see once he gets up to full speed, he can get he can go as fast as anybody there. It's just those first couple of steps that he's continuing to improve. But it's not, and uh, again, I'll reference Ian, Ian Meta's article. Can you guys tell uh, we like his work? But Igor did a whole article about how the skating uh, coach had to completely reinvent how he skates, yeah. and that was massive for him. But here's the thing. When I talk about Igor Sokolov skating, it's not the speed, and it's not even so much the acceleration like you're talking about. It's the side-to-side movements and the pivots where I think he really struggles. Like, he looks stiff out there at times when he's got to quickly transition so I think that's what he still needs to work on but you're right we do need to credit him he's his speed has really um has really improved and when he's going blue line to blue line like he's catching up and he's right there with all the other guys so definitely that's helping him uh kind of adjust to NHL play so the Senators lose 2-0 to the Los Angeles Kings a team who's won seven in a row meanwhile Ottawa's lost six straight games but Todd McClellan the head coach of the Los Angeles Kings had a nice uh, comment on the sense mentioning that it was a tough night for his group and that Ottawa gave them everything they could handle for a short staff team uh, this is a quote so he says we expected that from them and they gave us everything we could handle they checked they did a lot of good things but we were patient we didn't open things up and once we got the one goal we we're patient enough to get to again you referenced the best chance the Senators had in the second period when Oh, Parker Kelly, so close yet so far. And then in the third, you get a couple crossbars. That was a mad post. scramble there. Yep. And then I think my favorite part of that play, Ross, is after Ennis, who like 
Ennis needs a paid sponsorship by iPad or by Apple because every time they go to this guy on the bench, he's on the iPad looking yeah. at plays. You got to love that. That's a veteran that's trying to get better. And he's yeah. he's always teaching. Like he's never just staring. He's got a guy beside him and they're talking about it. And him and Tierney watching that play over again was hilarious. Like both of them are just like, and like looking at each other, like, can you, what? Can you believe yeah. that? Like that was, that was all time. That's a fun moment there. But um, yeah, Tierney got so close. They're so close. I think maybe if uh, it hits off his knee instead of him shooting it, that's a goal uh, for sure. That's the way Chris Tierney tends to score goals. But also shout out Tyler Ennis. He was classic water bug out there. Like when he gets the puck, he's just zipping around and he's always got his head on a swivel looking to make a good play. So uh, once again, I'm happy they uh, re-signed Tyler Ennis because uh, he's a guy that fits into this room very well. So the Senators will have an opportunity to end the losing streak on Saturday just in time yeah. for Sidney Crosby to get out of the COVID protocol. So I wonder if we're going to have another Patrick Kane moment uh, for Sid. But he's out of protocol on Saturday. Again, most players need a day or two to get back to their game shape. Not Sidney Crosby. I heard he's pretty good at hockey. So, you know, you get this Pittsburgh Penguins team that comes in still without Evgeny Malkin uh, for the first two months of the year. And they're doing what you would hope, I guess, in a situation like the Penguins. You just want to tread water until you get your stars back. And that's pretty much what they've done, right? Like, has Sid played? Has Sid played this year more? He's played one game, dash three. Yeah, I think just barely he's played, yeah. Yeah, so they're five, three, and four. They've got a solid 915 save percentage. So Ottawa's not going to get any freebies, you don't think. And, I mean, years ago, maybe you'd think otherwise. But Tristan Jari's been been back on his game, 5-2-3 and three record. He's got a 929 save percentage. So hopefully, if Ottawa's lucky, maybe they get Casey DeSmith, who's uh, rocking an 878. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? And then, um, so I guess, yeah, let's start on that game, and then we'll touch on the Calgary Flames as well. But when it comes to the Penguins, what are you expecting? From Mike Sullivan's group. Yeah, well, this is a group that's uh, struggled with uh, COVID protocol, like you mentioned, themselves. And looking at these lines here, Ross, with no Crosby and no Malkin, like this forward depth, isn't that scary? Like their top line, Gensel, Carter, Rust. Like, I'm not saying that's a bad line, but Carter and Rust really are more second, third line guys at this point in their career. And then you look at the second line, Zucker, Rodriguez, and Kapanen. That's probably ideally a third line for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So they're they're really not at full strength here. And when you lose two superstars like Crosby and Malkin, that'll take its toll. And I would love to say that the Senators can hop on uh, this advantage. But like you said, Crosby's coming back and the Senators are down and out way worse. So all I'm going to ask and hope for for the Senators is a similar effort as the Kings. Like, play hard hopefully the defenseman doesn't get injured early. We can't lose any more defensemen on this team. Play hard, forecheck hard, and try to make those bounces finally come in and bounce in for you. Like, they're they're so close. And the thing is, if they would get a couple of those bounces, at least it makes you feel better and you're into the game, right? That makes the game a little bit more competitive if you tie that up 1-1 or something. And even if you still lose in the end, at least you're like, man, we're, we're that much closer. Like, it's, it's like DJ Smith said, like, Really, you're just taking it day by day, trying to somehow piece together a W here. And it's going to be tough up against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then things don't get any easier up against the Calgary Flames, who are rolling this year. Do you think, and I wish we had practice, right? This is where you'd get a better glimpse of if Shane Pinto is ready to make his return to the lineup. Do you expect to see him this weekend? Hasn't played in 
Well, since we interviewed him, he played about a minute. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, geez. Um, I like no like contact I said, jersey. He, he was skating in uh, on morning skate yesterday, so maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's a good sign for sure. I would say if I'm the Sens, I'd probably leave him out the Pittsburgh game and maybe try to bring him in as fresh legs for the Calgary game. That would be my uh, my way to attack that because with back-to-back with an injured group, I don't think it really helps them getting Shane Pinto in both games and then he's tired for both games and maybe it's a little bit too much too soon. I don't know the severity of his injury, so it's I'm really just speculating here, but that would be a plan I would look at is getting him into the second game. But but the Penguins were his favorite team growing up. <laughs> okay, never mind. Get him in him because in. that's a hockey god. I'm sure there'll be a levy lock if that happens. That Shane Pinto will get in there. No, I've got a levy lock though, and it's uh, maybe a bit of a stretch. But we talked about it with Thomas Shabbat, so we have to touch on it as well when it comes to Team USA and Mike Sullivan, the coach for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Right? We discussed it when John Cooper and Tampa were in Ottawa. This is a bit of an audition for Brady Kachuk and. To a lesser extent, could Josh Norris turn a little <laughs> turn a little attention onto him? Not that he has too high of a chance to make the team here as a 21 year old, but hey, if he can set himself up in the best possible way, wouldn't that just be a little extra bonus for him? So uh, the American guys, maybe a little extra punch in their step as the Senators host the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday. Okay, before we get into the game against Calgary, Pilsy, would you like to say a word about our friends at Bet Online? Absolutely. And I'll start this off saying Pilsy's Parlay continues to be on hiatus here. Uh, Still got uh, a big old zero in my account. Uh, We'll see. Maybe when I start seeing some confident matchups that I think I can maybe hit, we'll uh, we'll get back to Pilsy's Parlay. But for now, enjoy the levy locks and we'll see if uh, we can get some luck rolling there. But the important thing, Ross, is you're getting in the action. And the best way to do that is with betonline.ag, the sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network and the Locked On Senators Podcast. Now, there's a lot of sports going on. Hockey's in full swing. Uh, football, there's some massive, massive playoff pushes happening. And basketball is going on too. So you want to make sure you can get in on the action regardless of what sport you watch. And the best place to do it is betonline.ag. And since you're a loyal listener of the Locked On Senators Podcast, we're going to hook you up with the promo code. So, Sign up today, make a free account at betonline.ag, and put in the promo code Locked On, and you're going to get yourself a 50% welcome bonus. Now, what that means is, let's say you put $100 into your account to start things off, bingo, bango, bongo, you're getting $50 of free play. Now, free play, you got to win it to earn it, so hopefully some of these levy locks hit. He's looking at uh, some good props, so you can hit big and win back some money real quick there, but... You got to check it out, betonline.ag. Use promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus and get off the sidelines and get into the action. All right, Pilsy. So after the Senators play Pittsburgh on Saturday, it's the Kachuk Bowl. Do you think that the Brady versus Matthew matchup lost a little bit of its luster having played so many times last year? I think a little bit like that definitely comes into effect. Uh, I think definitely at the start of the year, Ross, when the Canadian division was announced, I was like, oh yeah, we're going to see so much McDavid. We're going to see so much dry saddle. And I think after two games, I was like, yeah, I don't want to see McDavid. No, me neither. Um, so definitely I think that's a case of Matthew Chuck. And I think also it was super exciting in the, in the early years because you're like, what if these two get heated and scrap? But now we know Chantel Kachuk 
would uh, would grab both of them by the ears and pull them off the ice if they tried to fight each other. So that is not a possibility that's going to happen either. So, and you know that uh, they're aware when each other's on the ice, and uh, they're probably going to play a different way when each each uh, other is on the ice. So I don't think it's as much of a storyline, but it is fun and. Uh, I think one thing we'll watch too is if uh, Matthew Kachuk will give um, Tim Stutzla, their adopted mm-hmm. Bruda, uh, some some love at the pre pregame warm up because he was uh, not having that at all last year, which is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, this Calgary Flames team, Jacob Markstrom, they signed him to a massive year in free agency, trying to pluck him from the Canucks and make sure the Oilers didn't get him, and they were successful. But he had a rough year last year, maybe not rough, but not a great year. But he's bounced back in a big way this year, and that's helped them out a lot. And I think maybe the chemistry of this team has clicked a little better than it did before. And this is a team to be reckoned with because, as far as I know, they don't have any major injuries, right, Ross? Uh, Correct. So they're coming in fully healthy up against a down-and-out Ottawa Senators team on the second night of a (laughs) back-to-back. I'm just trying to. I'm. I'm looking up whether the Flames play on Saturday as well. You got. You got to hope so. Do they? Yes, they're at Toronto. No, at Toronto tonight, Friday night. That's strange. You'd think that would be a hockey night in Canada game, but so they play Friday. They're in the midst of uh, probably their longest road trip, unconfirmed of the season. But they're uh, on a seven-game road trip, and the Ottawa game will be the third of those seven games. So they played Montreal last night so they've got a back-to-back here so for them it's their third game in four nights with uh with travel after each so the flames are definitely going to be out of gas potentially hopefully Hopefully. maybe (laughs) however you look at uh just quickly of their roster like andrew mangiapani this guy is taking uh the next step in his career nine goals in 13 games got 11 points as well johnny goudreau over a point per game elias lindholm uh, co-leading the team in points with Goudreau. Matt Kachuk right there in the mix as well. He's got 11 points in 13 games. But, of course, we have to give a little light to the revenge game. Eric Goodbranson is making his oh, return yeah. to Ottawa. And he seems like he's getting along just fine out in Calgary. He's got four points. He's a plus three. And he's got 19 penalty minutes. Beat the wheels off of, uh, I forget who the, his opponent was, in his first scrap with the Flames the other night, but he beat the wheels off him. So hey, he's playing with Zadorov, uh, Ross. So that is a heavy, heavy third pairing. Heavy. Now, the thing with Gabranson, when he was in Ottawa, he's averaging like 21, 22 minutes, right? Doesn't play that in Calgary. He's playing 17 minutes. And isn't it noteworthy that that affects his time, his play in a positive manner? It was uh, Zach McEwen that he fought. From Vancouver, That's a tough guy too. Very tough customer, and uh, and they had a great tilt um, themselves. Sorry, oh no, I mixed that up. That was uh, his last fight before the the one I most recently. It was when Calgary shut out the Rangers. He fought Jared Tenorti, another big customer, and that uh, goes f- fun because you know Jared Tenorti from right. No, in a fight, he fought Chris Phillips in that line brawl, Ottawa <laughs> Montreal. In the playoffs there, yeah. So Jared Tamori, old foe. But yeah, so Erica Branson will make his return to Ottawa, his hometown. So I wonder uh, if he'll get some sort of applause. Maybe not. Uh, Although that seventh round Where's the tribute video? They better have the tribute video ready. 
Oh my God. I don't think um, it's that far. We'll one see. thing too, Ross, to look at, and we're trying to find some positivity here. Yep. The Calgary Flames are on a two-game losing streak. Woo! And the teams they lost to, Ross, San Jose Sharks on Tuesday, 4-1 loss. And the Montreal Canadiens beat them 4-2 to two, uh, yesterday. So if there's some positives to look at, it's that some weaker bottom-feeding teams have been able to beat up on them recently. Let's hope the Ottawa Senators can do that. <laughs> They're still 7-3-3 three and three on the year. Of course, that'll change after their game tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But this is a team that's fifth in the league in goals against. So the fifth fewest goals allowed. And then they've scored the sixth most. So this is a team that has gotten off to a hot start. So Ottawa's going to have to be prepared for that game. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Send Central for up to the minute stats, news, analysis, leading up and through this weekend's action. And we'll be back on Monday. We've got some great interviews planned for next week, but we learned our lesson. We don't tease them until they are recorded. Uh, you can also subscribe to the show on YouTube. Give it a little thumbs up in the bottom. It does go a very long way. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. Have a great weekend. This has been the Locked On Senator Podcast, your team every day.